This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Because it's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. We thank you that your word is here to guide us and direct us. So I'm asking that the Spirit of God will breathe afresh, not only on your word, but on your people. As I step back, I give him permission and authority to speak through me, to breathe life and encouragement to your people. And I thank you in advance for signs, miracles, and wonders to follow your word as you promise. And I promise to give you the praise, the glory, and all of the adoration. It's in Jesus' name I pray. If you believe that prayer, say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Last week, I started a new series entitled Common Sense. Everybody say Common Sense. And the sense is spelled C-E-N-T-S. And uh, I'm on a series, and the, the focus of it is the truth about money. Say the truth about money. And so last week I started this new series and every year I try to take about 10% of the year and talk about financial increase or financial uh, principles from God's perspective and from a kingdom perspective because most of us are bombarded with all types of uh, principles and maybe worries of this world concerning money. And so my goal is to make sure you stay in faith financially for your life. And so last week I did a money test. And that money test, we uh, if you didn't see it or hear it, I want you to go to the website and listen to it because I gave about 10 or 12 indicators to help you see if you trust money or not. Just look at your neighbor and say, do you trust money? So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And uh, I'm going to look in chapter uh, verse 6 and uh, while you're finding that I want to give you five facts about the U.S. dollar. I did this last week I gave you five facts about the U.S. dollar I'm going to give you five facts about the U.S. dollar again today because I want to educate you regarding money here's the first fact about the U.S. dollar not one tree is cut down to make money you know our parents used to say money don't grow on trees well not one tree is cut down to make money Money is not made out of paper. It is made out of 25% cotton and 75% linen. How many didn't know that? Let me see your hand. The majority of the room. All right. Here's number two. With a magnifying glass, you can see all 50 states that are listed across the top of the Lincoln Memorial on the $5 bill. So if you get a $5 bill and you get a magnifying glass out and look at the top of the Lincoln Memorial, you will see all 50 states. How many did not know that? Let me see your hand. The majority of the room. Here's number three. 90% of all U.S. bills carry traces of cocaine. 
Some of y'all knew that, didn't you? <laughs> How many didn't know that? Let me see your hand. Yeah, you better put your hand up. <laughs> All right, here's number four. The blood. How many have donated blood? Let me see your hand. Have you donated blood before? Yes. Ninety. Uh, uh, the blood that you and I donate is sold on the open market, and it's a $4.5 billion industry. So when you and I go and donate blood, they actually sell that blood, and it's a $4.5 billion industry. How many didn't know that? Let me see your hand. All right, I'm doing good so far, huh? Here's number five. A study that was done showed that spending money on others yielded more happiness than spending it on yourself. I mean, it feels good to be a blessing to somebody. I saw a video yesterday, Pastor Che's son, he's turned 16, that's my nephew, and uh, they decided to redo his bedroom. And so they surprised him, opened up, and so they were videoing it while he was seeing it. And I'm listening to them on the background, and they are more excited than Josh. (laughs) Amen. And that's why God blesses us to be a blessing. When you lose sight of why God prospers you, then prosperity, the flow stops. Let me say it again. God blesses us to be a blessing. Everybody say, God blesses us to be a blessing. That is the way the cycle works. And what happens is if we get too full of ourselves or we get too selfish, we stop the cycle. And once the cycle stops, prosperity stops. Amen. Uh, I have seen a lot of these... uh, billionaires and millionaires, they are that way because they are givers. So here's what I'm going to do this morning. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to give you, if we have enough time, five different facts about money. Five different facts about money. So I'm just going to jump right in here. And I want to start by uh, reading 1 Timothy chapter 6. Let's start in verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. I mean, you might put it in your casket, but you ain't taking it with you. But they that will be rich, how many want to be rich? Let me see your hand. Okay, ain't nothing wrong with want to be rich. But let me tell you what can happen to you. You will fall into temptations and a snare. And into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men and destruction and perdition. See, here's why. Money only brings up what you are. I mean, if you are an alcoholic, when you get more money, you're going to buy more alcohol. Hello? If you are a... a uh, what's another one? Let me see here. If you are a drug, you know, if you want to get high... You get more money, the higher you go. (laughs) Money only brings out of you what's already in you. Amen. He says, for they that be rich will fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition for the love of money. It didn't say money. It said the love of money. And here's what I've discovered. You can love money and not have none. He says, for the love of money, that's the root of all evil, which while some have coveted after, they have erred from the faith 
and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. Amen. Notice he said here, the love of money is the root of all, all evil. So what I want to do is give you truths, and I'm going to give you five. Here's, here's truth number one. You can write it down if you want to. And that is money has the power to choke the word from working in your life. Money has the power to choke the word in your life. Now let me give you perspective. God's word is one of the most powerful things that you can even discover for your life. God's word is so powerful. He used his word to create this world. The Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. It says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How did he do that? The Bible says, and God said that there be light and there was light. In other words, God's word has a creative force to it. But guess what? Money can choke that powerful word from working in your life. You say, well, Pastor Evan, how's that? Go to Mark chapter 4 and verse 18. You can look at the screen if you'd like. Mark chapter 4, verse 18. Watch this now. This was a parable of people receiving the seed of God's word. And it says in verse 18, And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, that means worry, and the deceitfulness of riches, that means wealth, And the lust of other things, they enter in and they do what? Come on, class. They do what? Come on, church. What does it do? It chokes the word and then the word becomes unfruitful. So maybe the word is not working in your life because the worry of money or your trust in money is choking that word. See, Christians wonder why the word is not working. Maybe it's not working because when it comes in, how you are dealing with life chokes it out. See, you got to get to the point where you can't let the worries of life choke the word. Everybody say years ago. Years ago when I first became a pastor. Uh, and we started Word of Truth Family Church and I think we were right, like right in month number six or seven or whatever. And we went to a, a conference in Houston, which was my pastor's conference. And, uh, this was our first time coming. And, uh, you know, I knew that when you go to a conference, you're supposed to give. That's what you do. When you go to church, you're supposed to what? Give. That's what you're supposed to do, right? And so, uh, I was in my hotel room ironing my shirt and I said, Lord, what would you like me to give? On behalf of Word of Truth Family Church. And he says, Evan, I want you to give $5,000. And I said, Lord, we won't be doing that today. I will not be giving $5,000. And so, church came that night. Offering time came. And uh, they did offering because they was adding it up. They would have you to just say what you was giving. And so, you know, I wrote a check for $2,500 because I told the Lord I wasn't going to give five. Right? I wrote $2,500, and I was happy to write that $2,500 check. And I almost skipped down there to just turn it in, <laughs> you know. And so when I got down there, you know, I, I kind of screamed my, my mouth. I said, $2,500, and I went back to my seat, and everybody's looking at me because nobody yelled like that. I was the only person that did that. <laughs> what kind of giver does God like? A cheerful one. I, I was cheerful. So when I was on my way back to my seat, one of my staff said, uh, Pastor, for some reason, I feel the Lord wants us to give another 2500 And I wanted to say, the devil is alive. 
But I knew it wasn't the devil. The devil is not going to tell you to give nothing. And I knew that was the Lord trying to get me to not flunk a test. Because anytime you obey God, there is also a reward on the other end. And even if you don't see the reward on the other end, there is another reward on the end. And man, I tell you what, listen, I I, I felt just like the rich young ruler. I was not happy. So I wrote that check and I walked down and I was not happy like the first time. Now, I know God loves a what kind of giver? Yeah, but he don't hate an uncheerful one either, though. So I just went down there and my voice changed. I was like, $2,500. Then I get back to my seat and I'm about to sit down. And the Spirit of God says, now, I want you to give your Rolex away. I'm like, the devil is a lot of day. What? Man, at the time, I had a gold Rolex, solid gold. And, you know, I like bling, so it was shiny and everything and had diamonds on it. I mean, it was nice, and, and uh, I didn't want to give that watch away. He told me to go and put it down in the offering. Now, these people didn't already seen me march down there twice. <laughs> so when the Lord told me that, I immediately frowned. And my wife looked at me. She says, what's wrong? I said, well, the Lord just told me to get my Rolex away. She said, well, you better do it then. I'm like, boy, I'll tell you, nobody's on my side today. <laughs> so then I sat there and she was like, well, what are you doing? Because, you know, if you're going to do it, you got to get up and do it. Well, I didn't just get up and do it. I was grieving. <laughs> so I gave my watch a funeral. I started cleaning it. And then my wife gets inspired. She's like, well, babe, I'm going to give my watch away too. I'm like, oh, my God. Evan Connor is losing today. I'm like, why do you want to give? Well, I just feel inspired. You're giving. I want to give my her watch costs more than mine. I'm like, you know what? This is not a good day. So then we both go down there. And I, I, I just, when I put the watch in the bucket, even the guy who, when I put it in there, he was like, hold on. Let me see if it's real. <laughs> I didn't know what was, what was happening because, see, there are two ways you can view, us, view money. And I'll get this down. I'm jumping ahead of myself. But there are two ways you can view money. You can view money as need or you can view money as seed. I didn't know that I was planting a seed that would produce a harvest. Watch this now. That from day one of Word of Truth Family Church to today, our church has never financially struggled. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap on that one. Come on now. Sort of sound good on the CD. I could have let the word choke, be choked, but I decided not to. Here's truth number two. How you and I handle the first of our money can impact the rest of our life. I'm going to say that again. How you and I handle the first of our money can impact the rest of of our life. Now I'm going to read now Malachi chapter 3 verse 8. I'm going to read it out of the message translation because I just feel it just does a great job. Okay? Listen to what he says. Begin by being honest. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to be honest. Begin by being honest. Do honest people rob God? But you rob me day after day. You ask, well, how have we robbed you? He said, how? 
in tithe and offering. Notice now, he said in tithe and offering. So here we go again. When you tithe, you have not given. That's why in Malachi 3, it says, return to me. In other words, the tithe belongs to the Lord. So you're not giving it, you're returning it. Basically, if you borrowed my car, you borrowed it, and I said, bring it back on Thursday, and you bring it back on Thursday. Have you given me my car or given me a car? Have you returned my car? Okay, you returned it. So when you tithe, you're not giving, you're returning. You're not giving till you give an offering. I got an amen from that rat right over there in that corner over there. <laughs> Watch what he says. This is good. He says, the tithe and the offering, that's how, verse 9. And now you're under a curse, this whole lot of you, because you're robbing me. Bring your full tithe. Everybody say full tithe. Full tithe, watch this, to the temple. You don't give your tithe to a preacher on TV. Unless you're bedridden and they're your pastor, you can do that. But if not, you don't tithe your money. And I'm talking to visitors now. You don't tithe here unless this is your church. Amen. Now, if you, you know, we have visiting members. Those are the people who have been coming for a long time and our church is their church to them. Okay, you can do that. But I'm saying if you're visiting for the first time, you don't give your, you know, you give your tithe into the storehouse where you're being fed. Amen. Well, watch this now. He says, bring the whole tithe to the temple treasury so there will be ample provisions in my temple. He says, test me in this. This is God speaking. And see if I don't open up heaven itself to you and pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. For my part, watch this now. Here's what I want you to see. He says, I will defend you against martyrs, which means the attack of thieves. So this is something that happens after I give. What I'm saying to you is when you and I give the first, it impacts what happens to us. And there are some of you that are under attack. And only, you know, I was praying with someone not too long ago. And uh, they had a whole lot of stuff going on in their life. And as I was praying for them, the Lord told me, They have a door open that I can't shut. Well, if the Lord can't shut the door, who can shut it? I said, wait a minute, what do you mean? Because, you know, a lot of times when I'm praying for people, the Lord's talking to me while I'm talking to them. And I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what the Lord is saying. I'm like, I've never heard that before. And he says, they have a door open that I can't close. I said, well, what's the door? He says, the door. And he told me to ask them, "Uh, when was the last time you tithed? They said, it's been a few years. I said, you got a door open that only you can shut. And see, some of you have a door open and you're wondering why your money is in a whirlwind. And here's what's interesting. The devil don't tell you this. Touch your neighbor and say, you go to sleep, I'm going to hit you. (laughs) I just did that as an icebreaker. Right? No, no, no. Check this out. The devil really wants you to think that being obedient to God with your money is going to shorten your money. But watch this. When you was keeping God's money, your money wasn't, was funny. He don't tell you that. Your money was all over the place. You kept God's money and everybody's money. And your money was, I mean, you was, the world was like this. Well, now he's trying to get you not to do it. All you got to do is remember and say, uh, devil, did you see me go to the payday long place five times last month? How many of those payday long people ain't your friend? No, no. When they calling you, they not calling to say hi. 
Watch this. How you and I handle the first of our money can impact the rest of our life. And I want you to see something. He says, I would defend you against the attack of thieves. That's what the word martyrs mean. He also says, I will protect your wheat fields and your vegetable gardens against plunderers. In other words, God is saying, once you give me what belongs to me and you bless me with some of your stuff, he says, then I will protect your stuff. And years ago, everybody say years ago. Years ago, I'll never forget my wife and I, we were, I don't know, probably been married about four years. We didn't have heaven, so we didn't have any kids. And, uh, you know, our finances are doing fine, you know. I've always been on a budget. I'm going to be on a budget till Jesus comes. I don't care if I have a billion dollars. I'm going to be on a billion dollar budget. And so, we were, you know, we were on a budget. And just out of the blue, our financial life started going backwards. Stuff started coming from stuff, you know, this, this happening, this happening. And so I, you know... I don't let stuff be happening that's bad without I start, unless I start evaluating. I'm like, hold on, let me find out what's going on. Okay, I'm tithing, I'm giving. Okay, so what is going on? And so I went on a fast. Because if something is not going right, don't just keep eating. If it's that important to you, turn the plate over. Even if it's just for breakfast. Just bypass Whataburger that day. So I fasted. I only did it for a day. And I was reading a verse, and the verse says that a curse without cause will not come. This is in the Old Testament. I read that. A curse without a cause shall not come. And the Lord said, Edmund, there is no cause for this, this curse to try to come. In other words, I hadn't opened up a door. So you know what? I had to exercise my authority of what God's word says in my life. I said, oh, no, devil. Oh, no. As for me and my house, this is the Lord's house. And I declared Malachi right there. And you know what it just seemed like? Once the devil knew that, he, that I knew my rights, because see, sometimes, you know, he'll take, he'll take advantage of you if you don't know your rights. Amen. Man, he didn't take it. I said, no, no, no. It was like overnight. Things just came back in order. So sometimes you, you, you just got to look at your name and say, you got to know your rights. All right. So here's number three. Here's number three. Money can change your heart towards God. Money can change your heart towards God. I love Ezekiel 28. Watch what it says. It says, with your wisdom and with understanding, you have gotten these riches. In other words, he's saying, I know you got your bachelor's degree, your master's degree. And, and you know, your wisdom has got you these riches, gold and silver into your treasures. Verse 5. He says, by your great wisdom and by your traffic or by doing business, have you increased your riches? But watch what he says. And your heart is lifted up, watch this, because of what? See, money should not change you. And see, some of us don't have it because if we have it, we will floss it. And I'm not talking about dental floss. No, 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 no. See, some of you, how many, uh, let's see here, how many like cars? Anybody like cars? All right. Uh, How many like uh Let's see, uh, let's, Jaguars, Jaguar, Jags, one, okay, praise God. Let me see if I can find y'all, uh, Rolls Royces, okay, a few, all right, let me come, let me see, do I, uh, Bugatti, maybe, uh, okay, well, let's just start, Honda, <laughs> I'm not getting no participation up in here, I don't know where to go, I mean, what kind of cars y'all like, who? Corvette? Ferrari? Who? 
What? Oh, Bentley. How many like Bentleys? Let me see your hand. Okay, all right. All right, well, whatever car you like. You're not ready for that car if you're driving that car so you can look good. I know it might make you look good, but that's not, no, 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 no. You know, I was coming into church today. Amazing. I was coming into church. I was on the street over here, and a, a, a brother flagged me down. And so I rolled my window down. He says, he says, are you on your way to church? I said, yes, I am. He said, pray that God will bless me like you're blessed. I said, this is interesting. And he said, are you Pastor Evan? I'm like, I am a, I'm in Hollywood right now. This is paparazzi is caught. They are following me to church. No, no, for real, for real. Well, I think his, uh, his uh, sibling goes to our church. And he says, you're my favorite speaker. I said, well, praise the Lord. And I said, and I prayed for him too. You know, and then I prayed for him to come to church today too. <laughs> Watch this though. He says, the, your riches have caused your heart to be uh, lifted. And see, the first murder in history of mankind was due to jealousy, and that was rooted in a financial transaction. And I'm talking about Cain and Abel. See, years ago when we started our church, we had a small group that helped us. And, you know, because it was a small group, you know, it was, it was easy to stick out who gave more than who. It was easy because it wasn't that many of us. And so we had one couple that God had extremely blessed and God began to bless them even more by being planted here, right? And so they, they, they allowed their money to cause their heart to get lifted because, see, what you got to understand is God is not looking at the amount. He's looking at the percent. See, the percent makes everybody equal. No, no, no. If your tithe is $1,000, that doesn't make you more important than somebody's tithe that's 10 because we all obeyed with 10%. And so they thought, well, we're giving more. So they didn't, they want to tell me what to do. Well, how many know the Lord didn't tell them to be the pastor? No, 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 no. Now you got to understand, I got to stand before God one day about what I'm doing. And so he's going to be like, well, Ebony, you just let them tell you all what to do and they just ran all over you. I'm going to be like, the devil is a lie, God. So, of course, they got upset and I wouldn't let them tell me what to do. Let me tell you one thing they tried to let me get me to do. I'm just going to let y'all in on some history. It's because y'all think, you know, people that come to church just love the Lord. Some of them do. <laughs> so uh, it was time to buy some equipment, you know, sound equipment. And the wife of the person was like, well, you need to go to the pawn shop and get the, get the equipment. I don't, the pawn, sh- the pawn shop. Now, I don't know if that equipment is stolen or what. I don't need to be playing music through some cursed equipment. <laughs> Ain't got no warranty on it. You playing a good time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just cut down, you know, and so then they left. Watch this. And they thought, well, since we're the biggest givers here, that church is going to just fall. Did you know our income went up when they left? Because, see, this is the Lord's church. This ain't your church. This ain't my church, right? Listen, they allowed their heart to be lifted up. Here's number three. What number am I on? Number three? Number four. Here's number four. How you receive, this is good right here. How you receive money will determine how you release money. I'm going to say that again. How you receive money will determine how you release money. In other words, if you see money only for need, You will spend it. But when you see money as seed, you will 
sow it. Watch this. Mark chapter eight, uh, Mark chapter 10, look at verse 18. I love this story. And Jesus said unto him, why call me good? There is none good but God. Verse 19. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said, Master, all these things I have observed from my youth. Then Jesus beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing, say one thing. One thing you lack. Go your way, sell what you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come, take up your cross, and follow me. Read verse 22 with me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. I'm going to need my notebook again, whoever has it. Now watch this now. Notice in verse 22, it says, and he was sad at that saying. Everybody say, he was sad. He was sad at that saying. Now watch this. I'm about to help you. Because I figured out, I've discovered why the average believer doesn't get financial return on no giving. Ask me what I've discovered. I've discovered that the average believer, when they give, they give it from an emotional standpoint. See, this guy, that's what happened to him. Let me prove it to you. He says in verse 22, and he was sad at that saying. Sadness is an emotion. Do you agree? It's an emotion. When you look up that word sad, it means to be gloomy and sorrowful. Then it says, he went away grieved. Grieving is an emotion. In other words, that word means to be sorry, to be sad, and to be heavy. So watch this. He was giving from an emotional standpoint. And when you give from an emotional standpoint, depending on where you are emotionally, will depend on how you give. And that's dangerous. So you say, well, pastor, how am I supposed to give? I'm glad you asked me. Because, watch this now. Go to 2 Corinthians 9 and we'll close right here. 2 Corinthians 9. I want to show you something. Because giving should never be done out of emotion, but only out of obedience and principle. Everybody say obedience and principle. See, most people, they give out of emotion. Let me show you what emotional giving looks like and sounds like. It's time to give and the electricity bill is due the same week. Well, Lord, if I give my tithe, well, I'm sorry, your tithe, Lord, and give an offering, my electricity bill is going to be short. And, uh, you know, growing up, some of you all had candlelight dinners. It wasn't because it was romantic. (laughs) Mommy and Daddy did not pay the electricity bill, Junior. I'm sorry to have to tell you that. So you thought, oh, wow, we have it in candlelight, candlelight. Y'all skipping around, candlelight, candlelight. Lights went on. I ain't letting my lights be cut off so, you know, the Lord will understand. Because, you know, the Lord does understand, right? That's how, so that's emotional. That's not how you're supposed to give. I'm going to show you that we're supposed to give out of principle and obedience. And so I'm going to help you see something here. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. It shows us how we are supposed to give. It says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly shall reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. Every man, according as he purposes in his heart, that's spiritual. Everybody say, that's spiritual. So let him give. Not grudgingly, that's an emotion. It means grief and sorrow and heaviness. And then it says, nor out of necessity, which means distress or need. That's emotion too. Watch this. For God loves a cheerful giver. You say, well, pastor, 
Giving cheerfully is emotion. No, it's not. When you look up that word cheerful, it means to be prompt or willing. Now, let's use an example because this is the best way for, for me to explain it. How many in here have ever been a cheerleader? Anybody been a cheerleader in high school, college, whatever? Okay, good. Wow. You have more cheerleaders in this service than we did in the first service. Well, when you're a cheerleader, did you ever have a game coming up for you to cheer and you didn't feel like cheering? Let me see your hand. You didn't, you didn't feel like it. But what did you do? You got right out there. Give me a G. Give me a O. You know why? Because you cheered out of principle. You cheered because you were supposed to cheer. You didn't feel like cheering. You didn't, you didn't probably look like you wanted to cheer, but you cheered. Okay, let me give you another example. How many have been to a sports game or something? Football game, basketball game, and your team's losing. Well, that normally makes you sad, right? Especially if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan. Praise the Lord that we're going to beat Cincinnati Bengals today. That's right. Don't hate either. You have been to a game? The team's losing. You're not feeling good about it. But then they start saying, defense, defense. So you, defense, defense. You cheering. You're cheering out of principle. Well, watch this now. I'm going to show you something. When you learn how to give out of principle, out of, out of obedience, it changes your life. And I'll tell you why. How, watch this. This is good. Touch your neighbor and say, you need to get it. How do you give out of your will then? How do you do that? How do you give and not give out of your feelings? Well, how do you give out of your will versus how to give versus how you feel? Here's how. When you give how you feel, I just explained that. When you give out of your will is when you give with a reward consciousness. See, God gives a principle and then he gives a promise. When you obey the principle, you are now in position to receive the promise. And when God has given a promise in giving throughout his word, he always attaches a reward to it. And so the best way to not give out of emotion is to give, watch this now, with a consciousness of reward there. So now I'm not giving based on my circumstance. I'm giving based on his word and his reward of his word. Watch this. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down. Shaking together. Running over shall men give into my bosom. That's what the word says. And then he says, for with the measure I give, it shall be given. In other words, whenever I give, more comes back. That is giving with the reward conscious. So now, it don't matter how I feel. Because see, your flesh is going to be like, what you going to do? What you going to do? What you going to do? And your spirit with the reward conscious says, well, his word says it's going to return back to me in a good measure. That's what I'm expecting. See, that's an attitude. See, you got to get a reward conscious swag. See, if I said to you, how many tied today, if you tied, or this week, if you tied this week? Okay. What if I said to you, okay, tithe again when you get paid, and I promise everybody a million dollars when you do. Well, y'all would be waiting for payday like. (laughs) When you go to work, how many have not felt like going to work before? Okay, I'm going to show you how to give out of principle. Wow, that's a lot of hands. Got my staff, they got their hand up here too. They going to need a job tomorrow in Jesus' name. (laughs) No, no, no. Why did you go? You went to work because you were reward conscious. 
Some of y'all went sick. <laughs> Spreading germs all over the place. What? You wanted a reward called a paycheck. That's how you give. With the reward conscious in mind. And I'm telling you, when you do that, you ain't seen a harvest bigger than you ever have before. See, that's when you now, when you have that consciousness, I'm not now worried about what's not going to happen. I'm now thanking God for what's going to happen. Did you get that? I believe there are a lot of people worried about money. So we're just going to break that spirit this morning. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, in Jesus' name, your word says it will not return unto you void, but it will accomplish that which you have sent it. And Father, there are many in this room who are worried about money. They're worried about how they're going to pay their next bill, how they're going to take care of daycare, and how they're going to buy clothes for their children. But I hear your word says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to us. Father, that's a reward conscious mindset. And I pray this morning that every person under the sound of my voice, after hearing this message, will become reward conscious. You even said in your word that you will diligently, those who diligently seek you, you will reward them. Thank you for being a reward giving God. Your word says, honor the Lord with our substance and with the first fruit of all of our increase. And then the reward says, then our barns shall be filled with plenty and our vats will overflow with new wine. I pray that you will instill a reward conscious mentality into your people so that, Lord, we can trust you even when we can't trace you. We won't give any more out of our emotion we will know that when we obey the principle the promise is on the way and so I thank you now in Jesus name with every head bowed and every eye closed here's my question if you die today are you 100% sure